Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I can already see the first comment on YouTube right now. Yeah. Got uncomfortable, had to skip the first five minutes. Yeah. Well, hey, okay. <laughs> welcome to the Chris Sims Unbutton Podcast. That's what we That's do. What we do. That's we what make we do. you uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, baby. Nobody does uncomfortable like we do. That's right. We're back. It's Chris Sims Unbutton. Ahmed Farid is here to host the show as usual on a Monday, but this is a Tuesday podcast. All right, so we're here. It's the end of the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. We're down to the Final Four, so that will be the big reveal today. We are down into the Final 10 of the Super Brawl by Ahmed Farid, so we're going to break that down. I just got a little peek at some of those guys on that list there. Very interesting. Okay, not fair. You know my Final Four. I need to know your Final 10. Okay. Good point. All right. So uh, Ahmed's doing good. Ahmed had a drive home from Cleveland after doing baseball this weekend. Yes. I'm sure that was a lot of good. And he's got a little bit of a, a sore throat. Or uh, it's, uh, not it's not sore. It's not sore. It's just I've, my dead voice and is tired. Changed. It's tired. Yeah. Uh, it started happening during my Belmont coverage. Right. And then uh, my baseball coverage it started to die a little bit more. Where, where did it start last week? When did it? What? what I think it was it? midweek. Right. I was. I had a little bit of allergies, and you know, I had some drainage in yeah. the back of the throat. Gotcha. You know, the snot going down in the Thank back you. Of there. Thank you. And uh, that's that's where it started to get a little raspy. Here's, here's and dry. where the uncomfortable comes in for all the <laughs> homies out there. Yeah. And so it got dry, and then I think I overused it, and then it just a combination of things. Does it sound different right now? It's a little bit. A little yeah. bit. You sound a little nasally and drier right. than normal. It's not. A, I mean, more, they're, they're they're working you hard. I mean, they're they're. I'll say right? it for you. I'll say it for you. They Thank are you. working your ass hard. Can you tell them that? I, I am. I'm telling them right now. Hey, NBC, you're working my friend too hard. Okay, so, and he's losing his voice because of it. So Morgan, yes, look at it. And this is a good good company guy. He is right there. He changed the subject. He's like, okay, that was enough. <laughs> Let's go to the next up. Yeah, yeah, now wanna, speaking of Morgan, who we bad. weren't speaking of, they go, but we're gonna change it. <laughs> they go. They go. Ahmed, we can give you nothing to do. Would you like that instead? I was like, no, I, I like what I do. Uh, uh, but Morgan uh, took me over there. We made some tea together. Yeah. Put honey in it. Right. So by the end of this pot, I'm going to drink this whole tea. It should and, work. And it should work. It okay. should be fine. We All should right. be fine by we'll, then. We'll see where that goes. But no, big, big weekend. But yeah, what, about, weekend. what about your day? What about your day yesterday? I had a great weekend altogether. I was in Boston all weekend for my little boy's national basketball tournament, which was really cool. It was good. It was a pain in the ass. I mean, I'm driving around to 11-year-old basketball games all over the freaking Boston area. Okay, so that's a little unusual. It's a big ask for parents. Hey, drive to Boston, and while you're there, we're going to have the games all over the fucking city, and you just got to drive around and go to them. Right, great.
great, sure. Parents do so much. Now I know. So he did that. But here was the cool part. Okay. We stayed at a hotel. The Warriors were there, right? So we got there the night of Game Four. And oh, wow. that was really cool. So my kids and everybody got to meet a few family members of the Golden State Warriors. Okay. They thought that was really cool. My little boy like bonded with Draymond Green's kid in the elevator. No way. Oh, they, they were like little buddies for like two minutes on the elevator. So that was funny. But then yesterday, yes. So I did all that. Yeah. Drove home from Boston on Sunday night. Got to the house around 830, 9 o'clock that night. And then had an early flight to Cincinnati yesterday to see the Joe Burrow, which was as expected, awesome. Had you met him before? Like, just... In person? No, like, in person was just a, hey, what's up, nice to meet you, at the Combine when he came out in the draft. Right. And then that was the only in-person a- uh, action I'd, or, or interaction I'd ever had. Last Super Bowl? Year, I did get to interview him before the Raiders playoff game on Zoom. Okay. That was the first time I ever really got to talk to him. Uh, but, no, this is my first kind of in person, got to talk to him, got to observe him. They don't get any cooler. He's, he's got a way, and if you're watching on YouTube here, right here, you're, you're going to see I'm, I'm actually making a joke right here going because it's 92 degrees there with 95% humidity yesterday, yeah. and we were on the field in the stadium going through some stuff. And, of course, I'm working and talking. And you know how it is. You're worried about what you're going to ask next, and you're trying to listen. And he's over there like – porcelain perfect skin not sweating a drop and i am literally like it's pouring off me you can see my forehead there to the point where he's talking to me and i can see he's not even like really looking at me anymore he's admiring the sweat coming down my face (laughs) and then you talk about like sweaty pits forget sweaty pits i mean sweaty chest sweaty belly it was coming everywhere i couldn't i was embarrassed i was like okay so this is why you're joe cool and I'm Chris Sims. And, That's uh, why we, you wore black, it. though. You couldn't really tell. You I wore, wore black, black because of that, Yeah, which was also bad because it's hot and black. That's true. But it does hide the sweat stains. I did it deliberately. Uh, but it was an awesome day with him. I've never seen a guy who can pull off. I said to Mike Flory, he goes, well, how would you explain him? And I said, does it make sense to say cocky humbleness? Hmm. It's just he's got a way of being very confident. I, and I don't maybe cocky is not the correct word because cocky okay. would see like oh he thinks he's better than that. he doesn't think that right but a self confidence that just exudes off him I think that would be the first thing and then and then but like he's quiet and he's not looking to get attention right he that, doesn't put himself above others it does definitely does not and then when you hear him talk and he explains his life he's not looking for extra attention and anything he just like wants to play football and go home and be left alone and then do it all again the next day. And I respect that. I had a great day with him. I appreciate the Bengals and Joe Burrow letting me spend some time with him. So when will we hear this interview? So the interview, I think next week, we'll break it out on one of the podcasts. Okay. Okay. Because next week's our hiatus. So we'll kind of, you know, be in and out and stuff like that. But so you probably have to see it too, right? I would imagine you talked about throwing I, I motion and all ex- that. I would want people to, this would be a podcast that you, you would, well, yes, visuals would be big. Yeah. Because he really does get into it. I didn't go into like, so how did you rebound after the Super Bowl loss? You know, how does the knee feel in year two? Like, we didn't ask one question like that. I got right into like, put your hand up to me. How tall are you? How big are you? How do you grip the football? Are you a two and five guy? He was a two and under five guy. Oh, two and under five. And he actually said he was a two and five. He tried to go two and on top of five at the start of his career with the new NFL football. And then he realized he didn't like it. So he went back.
back to the way he got it. But a lot of cool nuances just like yeah. that. He was very open with me. How long was the interview? I want to say a little 30-plus minutes. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in that area. 27 of it was how he grips the football. So, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. And then we got into Three all was like, what things. music do you listen to? And he's so like honest. Yeah. He is oh. cool. He's just, he's honest. To he the just, point where you're like, do you want to reveal this? Well, no? no, he's smart about that. Because yeah, okay. he, he did even add a few things. He's like, I think I've figured this out, but I don't want to let everybody else know. So this is, I, I feel good about this, though. I asked him about a few things. He says, I don't want to share. So he's he's well thought out, too. That's for sure. All right. So we know he's in your top four. He is in my of, top four. There's no where doubt. He would be in your top four. Yes. And if he would have moved up, if you had this information before you did the top four. <laughs> nope. But. I know. I know. No bias here. Nothing okay. got changed just because I met with him yesterday or anything like that. Okay. I, my, for the top four, to me, was it's the easiest part of this whole list. I feel very comfortable about this top four. It's probably four that, you know, again, I think we talked about these four a ton last year. I'm always being asked to watch what happened in their game and this game and this game. And we watched a ton of these quarterbacks. So I feel like I know these guys like they're part of the family. And, and of course, because they're so good, I study them extra hard anyways. So if you're watching on YouTube or Peacock, you can see what we've done to this point in the uh, top 20. Aaron Rodgers was five. Matt Stafford was six. You got Russell Wilson, seven. Tom Brady, uh, was eight. And so you said this was the easiest part for you. Does that mean that this is tier one, that Aaron Rodgers is a step below there at number five? It like does. you really didn't give consideration well, for I, Aaron Rodgers in top four. I didn't think about um, the tier part of it, but as you started to say it, I just kind of thought about it. And yeah, I think these four are a notch above. I do. These four right here to me all have the ability to be surgical play within the system and then fucking make magic everywhere if the system doesn't work or the pass protection breaks down. And to me, that's where they're special, let alone there's no plays or yards left on the field. It's almost the exact opposite more times than not where you go, oh my gosh, they should have gotten no yards and they got a 40-yard gain? What? He should have been sacked for a 12-yard loss. He got a 30-yard completion? Like that's the, that They're the opposite of some of the the guys we've talked about nobody's open oh my gosh he got that ball in there I mean that's what you say when you watch these guys and you know again not that Rodgers can't do that but Rodgers to me just plays it a little bit more careful than these guys let alone he's older and not maybe able to do some of the things outside the pocket that these guys can do right now so we did a Twitter poll out there on your account yeah and in no particular order the the quarterbacks here are Mahomes Herbert Burrow and Josh Allen, we you asked people give your team an average supporting cast. So the whole exercise that we're doing. Here. I'm glad we did it this way too, because I don't know if people realize it. So then, made the natural answers come in here. Which quarterback would you want on your team, and for just this season? And the winner of that poll was Josh Allen, 39.1 percent of the vote. Patrick Mahomes was second at 38.1%, so it was very close there. And Burrow and Herbert got uh, 11%. So that would indicate, to, at least to the homies out there, there's a Tier 1 and Tier 2 within your Tier 1 here. Yeah, I'm not going to say that there is here. You know, I, I think our top two are, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. I don't want to give any any inside peeks there. Right. And, and we'll I'll, I'll reference back to this little graphic in a, in a few minutes, Courtney, to talk about it even more because there's some things there that I, I certainly would like to discuss. But, yeah, I like these four a lot. And these are, to me, the the guys, the future of the NFL here. I know that we got some other guys that have the potential of that. But we're talking about four here that it's like, no, 
they're they're now and they're down the road for years to come where we're going to go these guys are in the top QB convo for the next 6 or 8 years these guys right here no doubt about it so let's do it let's, let's do reveal it reveal who is number 4 in number the 2022 four. Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown what up baby look at me man i'm i'm pimping there i guess <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing i'm i'm Kramer i think that's who i was actually but Joe Burrow Okay, he doesn't wear coats that crazy, not like Kramer just had on. But Joe Burrow will be coming in at number four. I mean, Joe's the man. I don't know what to say. The guy, the thing I would start off with to say is the guy can just play, period. That's what I come down to. I think last year I said he's the natural or when he was coming out. That's what I look at. I don't know if there's one area I look at and go, he's the best at that in football. But in every area I look at, I go, whoa, well, Joe Burrow's at the, towards the top. Every, every area. It doesn't matter what it is. You, you can go through it and compare and whatever, and I go, oh, Joe Burrow's up there. He might not be number one, but he's like in the top five in every important category there is in football. So I think that's where it's really imp- impressive. All right? He is like the other thing I want to say, you know, again, he, he would be the ultimate can be surgical and run the system and almost be like his tr- idol in life, Drew Brees, where you can just go, oh, my gosh, it's just one accurate, perfect throw after another. But then the ability to throw with pressure on him or like we talk about so much and, you know, very important to me, Ahmed, is just protection breaks down, people aren't open, and the off-schedule stuff, I mean, it, it's through the roof. It's through the roof really with all four of these guys. He is really good. In the, that area, maybe he's actually better in this area than the guy we're going to talk about at number three in a minute. In a minute, Burrow's ability to move in the pocket, arguably the best in the, the whole league, working the pocket, working the pocket, sliding to the right spots, avoiding a sack, and then being in a throwing position and still throwing. And you go, man, he moved a lot, but he didn't really move anywhere. He just stayed in this little area here and still got a big play. That's where he is like through the roof good. He really is. He is the most slippery mofo in football when it comes to avoiding sacks and doing that. And then, you know, last but not least, just to speak to him a little bit, and this is two years in a row we've seen this, and, of course, the other guy did this is in the top four we're going to be talking about. And to me, this is where it's it's special. Like, he went to the, the Super Bowl with the worst Super Bowl offensive line in the history of the sport. To me, you have to be special to get there when it's like your team's in the combo for maybe the worst pass-protecting O-line in football, but hey, you're in the Super Bowl. They're in the Super Bowl one reason. Burrow smarts, get the ball to my hands quick, right? Oh, wait, wait, let me change the protection, and then let me just make magic happen, even though people are bearing down on me. Oh, I'll take the shot and get crushed and make the throw, or I'll make the guy miss and be slippery Joe and make a play outside of the pocket or in the pocket. I mean, come on. What do you got to say? I mean, the same thing with Mahomes the year before. I mean, one of the poorer offensive lines in, in football, pass protecting the last half of that year, they still go to the Super Bowl. It just speaks still with these guys and what they can do on on yeah. their own. Uh, but yes, it's brains, it's brawn, it's power and accuracy, you know, along with touch. I mean, like I said, he's just a natural, and of course, he's clutch gene to go along with it and has a great leadership. Uh, leadership and, 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 you know, what do I want to say? Influence on his football team because of the man he is. He's got an aura around an him. Aura, that's the he way to instilled, say it. The confidence that he has, it appears that he instills that in, into, his, 100%. into his teammates, yes. except for maybe his offensive line last year. Yeah, he did lead well, the NFL. Only, yeah, yeah. 51 sacks last year he took. 
Um, maybe a lesser quarterback would have taken more. But to still perform at a high level, even taking that beating, I think is one of the things that stands out with it him. It definitely so, does. So what did you notice? Biggest difference. You know, we didn't get to see him all of his rookie year right. Right, with that knee injury. What was the biggest difference you saw between that first year and the second year for him? Number one thing is arm strength. And that's something I got into him with yesterday, and we'll talk about it. It improved. It improved. So that's where, you know, again, where people go, you can't improve arm strength or whatever. Bullshit. Like, bullshit. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks get better in those areas here. And Burrow, he assessed after year one. Here's the interesting thing. Yeah, year one, he said he, he missed some throws where he goes, I just, I, if I had more power, I would have got it. And then he realized the elements in the AFC North were going to be an issue and that he had to throw the ball with oh, wow. more power to cut through the wind in some of these stadiums wow. and all that. Right, right. So that was a really cool little nugget he gave me. And I think, you know, that's where he went back and he started to go, all right, so what do I do here to kind of improve in this area? And he did. He, he worked with Jordan Palmer, and they got after a little bit. And I think the thing I saw was, hey, one, a guy that was maybe more assured of himself within the offense and everything that way. You know, I think they played a better style, too, of, you know, maybe, you know, play action pass, protect it, let them throw the ball down the field a little bit. But the arm strength, I think, is the biggest thing I look at. We saw a lot of the things we saw last year in year one. It's just I think he grew, he got smarter, and he improved in that area to where I think it just the wow throws and wow plays went way up, and they were game changers throughout the year for the Bengals. He led the NFL in both completion percentage and yards per attempt. Come on. Recent quarterbacks who who have done that, Drew Brees in 2017, Tony Romo did it in 2014, Tom Brady back in 2007. So it's pretty rare. If you were watching, you saw the graphic there, 13 touchdown passes last year on passes of 20 or more yards downfield. He had won the previous year. Yes, right. But does he do any of that without Jamar Chase? Here's one where this is the hardest part for you in this exercise is separating what the guy does with the supporting cast and what he would do with just an average team here. Right. It's hard to say that he would have done this much stuff and maybe wowed you as much without having Jamar Chase last year. Maybe not. You're you're right. I still think, though, if they have another good receiver, let's say they didn't draft Jamar Chase and they drafted Penny Sewell, right? And then they took a receiver at the top of the second round. I still think their offense would have been extremely dangerous and we would have seen what we need to see with Joe Burrow. You know, what happens with Jamar Chase and guys like that sometimes is it not necessarily it doesn't necessarily like, oh, man, he's helping Joe Burrow. What it really does in my eyes is goes, Look, now everything's available for him, and it shows you what he's capable of. Yeah. That's the way I think I look at it a little bit more, where now it's just like, whoa, these opportunities, and oh, shit, he can take advantage of all of them. Look at this guy. He's unreal. So, yes, he did help him statistically and the way it looked and the sexiness of all that, sure, but I still think if they got a – Another good receiver without Jamar Chase. We're still looking at one of the best quarterbacks in football and one of the better offenses in football. And to your point with the completion percentage and then the yards per attempt, like the, to me, the, when you said that and some of those names there, man, the, those are impressive names. And to me, I look at the Brady one in 2007 and him as being like really impressive because. Not to take away from the other guys, but it's pretty aggressive down the field passing. This was not like this was not like 
oh, the whole offense is around like, you know, maybe Drew Brees and Sean Payton and we're just going to dissect you six and eight yards at a time. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to say anything bad about that. But this was different where it's like, whoa, he's he's dropping back and looking for the 20-yard in cut. Whoa, it's one-on-one and he's He's throwing a bomb to Jamar Chase. Even though the concept was open over here, he's, he's going to take Jamar because he's aggressive. You know? He's going to throw a 30-yard back shoulder. You know, he's going to scramble and then throw a 40-yard post down the middle and still throw for 70%. That's where it's a special. And then, and then Ahmed, the guys you just talked about had fucking amazing offensive lines. And this guy did it with none of that. And that's where, to me, it's another level. And you don't really appreciate how awesome he is. And I probably say this a lot about a lot of the good quarterbacks. But just when you start to watch, how many times you go, oh, damn, he was under pressure in that game a lot more than I gave him credit for it at the time. Sure. Oh, holy shit, this is seven throws in a row. He's been under pressure, and they've gotten a first down on. And you go, and just you, you, you kind of block it out and take it for granted after a while because he's so good and natural at it. So, uh, Joe B., He's the man. There's no doubt. So he was 26 yeah. before he played a down right. in 2020. He was 17th last year coming off the injury. Yep. And, what, and I even said at the time, I said, really, the way he played warranted higher than 17. But because of the injury Concerns. and I wasn't sure where he would be at early in the year and everything there. And that's why I made him 17. Let's tag it on the offensive line here yeah. because we've mentioned it a couple times. Led the NFL with taking 51 sacks last year. But he had a league high. 60% completion percentage and yards per attempt when under pressure. That's amazing. According to Pro Football Focus. So he handled it very well. He does. When he, when he was under, under pressure. Right. And now he'll have a, a revamped offensive line. I mean, what is, what is possible here? Do you see that as a significant improvement, what they've done uh, on the offensive line in the offseason? And what could that mean for Joe Burrow this year? I, I, I do think it's significant. Well, I do. I mean, got to see Ted Karras yesterday. Uh, he looked good, and you could tell Joe was happy to have him. I, I look at their O line, and yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, we brought up Mahomes in Kansas City, and this is the kind of adjustment they made after they lost the Super Bowl. Like, like there's one uh, uh, Jonah yeah, Williams. That's the only guy. The lone holdover. The only holdover, and he's the only guy that's worth being a holdover. Jackson Carmen started. Um, I pretty, you know, pretty early in the year, and then he got hurt, and he came out, and he's young. But so he's kind of a a holdover slash now going to be a staple. But yeah. I think that's a significant improvement. I'm not going to say it goes from like what Kansas City did with getting like you know Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney and drafting a second round guard out of Oklahoma, I mean center out of Oklahoma. But I still think that's going to change their football team. And you know, one, yeah, you're going to get Joe Burrow more time. Oh, yeah, too. Okay, he's not going to be under pressure as much, and now we're going to let T. Higgins and Jamar Chase run down the field even more so we don't have to worry about always getting the ball out of our hands quickly. Oh, three, now Joe Mixon's going to actually have holes on a weekly basis. And now you're going to have to worry about the play action even being scarier off of that, which they were pretty good at play action to begin with, without a run game. So that's where I think, Ahmed, to your point, and especially in the AFC North, that's where it's going to be huge. Again, that's another thing I think we'd like to say. Yeah. They did this in the AFC North with, like, just bad motherfuckers on defensive lines everywhere falling off trees, and they still won it. And that's just, I think, speaks to Joe Burrow. So that's the question going into next year. If they yeah. have improved the glaring weakness on their team, which was the offensive line, where do they stack up in this AFC North? You said it's a, it's a very good division. you got Baltimore in there. you got Cleveland. you got Pittsburgh. Our friends over at PointsBet have given the odds here, and they're currently tied. 
with Baltimore, plus 200. Cleveland, not far behind, plus 210. Wow. And Pittsburgh at plus 900. So Cincinnati, they could be better, but they may be worse record-wise. I mean, that was a magical run last year. Things have got to work out. No matter how good you are, things have to work out to make make it through the playoffs, get to the Super Bowl. Yep, a few bounces, stay healthy, all that, sure. So it's not a guarantee they're going to find themselves back uh, deep in the playoffs again next year. No, it's not a guarantee. It's probably the number one question asked asked for me in Cincinnati yesterday. In the airport, in the car ride to the facility, like, are we good? Can we go back to the Super Bowl? And I just like, oh, listen, I, you know, you're going to be good. This is what I kept saying to them. Like, hey, I don't know if you're going to make a playoff run and get to the Super Bowl. I don't know. But I do know this. You're going to be in the conversation here for a time for a time here. Like, you're not going anywhere. So, like, even if they were to miss, have a Super Bowl letdown and miss out on the playoffs, I thought we're talking like nine and eight or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't think that they their roster is real. There's real confidence there. It's hard to find a real weak spot. You know, they're coached well on both sides of the football. So like they're going to be relevant for a while. And I would think in my heart of hearts, I want to say, yeah, they're going to be more than relevant. They're going to be a playoff team that's going to be dangerous every year. That's right. that's kind of how I feel. But like you said, it's it's a real division, and those it's maybe the most talented division in football. That's what these quarterbacks do. They put you in the conversation every year. They it's do. Like you're, you, no matter how bad your offensive line is, maybe your defense. We've seen it with Russell Wilson in that's, Seattle. They're in the conversation. That's what a great quarterback does. That's exactly right. You don't have to have a great quarterback to win the Super Bowl, but the great quarterback covers a lot of holes that can get you through parts of the season like you're saying. If we're struggling, the offensive line's hurt, a few receivers are hurt, and you come away from a four-game stretch where we're going, we were less than it. We went 3-1. and one. Why'd you go 3-1? Because our fucking quarterback's awesome. That's how we survived that. And that's what the great quarterback can do. He can keep you in that conversation. And even to last year, you know, you look at last year and you break it down, they, even in their losses, there's only one game that they weren't in, and that was the Cleveland Brown game at home. Other than that, I mean... Their, you know, chance to win the game. I mean, nobody just kind of dominated them other than the Browns on that day. And I think that was the week after OBJ got released or traded or released from the Browns. But, yeah, I I think we got a really good football team with young talent and real belief behind them as well. And how bad they've been for so long is almost like a distant memory right now. It's easy to forget how, how much of a struggle it has been for them for a while. But the Bengals are now in the mix, we think, in the mix for the next uh, few years to come. And this next team, too, would love for that conversation to be about them as well as we yeah. move to number three on your countdown. Number three, and they are going to be in the mix, too, I think, because of this guy, of course. But the rest of the team's damn good, too. It's coming along. Justin Herbert, he is the number three quarterback in football. I mean, him, Joe Burrow. I mean, they're incredible talents. We know that. The thing I would say about Justin Herbert, probably the best pure thrower of the football in the NFL. All right? When I'm talking about you're in the pocket and he's got, you know, a clean lane and he's protected, I don't know if there's anybody better at hitting the bullseye with power throws, any type of throw than Justin Herbert. He loses no control of the football. I mean, he, of course, has an incredible arm. Incredible. Um, And that's where, I mean, he separates himself. I mean, again, now, like, I'm not sure anyone's more consistent in the pocket when things are clean. Like I said, making unreal, on-the-ball, on-the-money type throws, you know. Maybe the best arm in the NFL. It's it's close. I mean, 
two of the guys we got coming up here are also in that conversation. But if somebody came to me and went, I think Justin Herbert has the strongest arm in football, I wouldn't go, you're crazy. I'd go, yes, I, I understand that. He falls off his back foot and throws 65-yard posts with ease for touchdowns. He rolls to the right and throws posts back across the field 62 yards with ease for touchdowns. His, he is the ultimate size as a skill guy. You know, I know people hear me say that again, but this is a guy that, like Dak Prescott and Brady, there is you know the ability to throw over the line, you know, uh, people around you like Dak Prescott and still make high quality throws are amazing. The decision making is off the charts there. The ability to control the ball over the middle of the field and throw the ball into tight windows might be the best in football in that dis- that, uh, uh, that category as well. Because of his size, he sees so well over the middle. He's a little more willing to kind of put it into some questionable spots that way. We know he's a great athlete. I would say it's actually some one of my things that I would come away and go, it's a little bit of a negative and he's used his athleticism more sometimes he is so big he just goes I'm gonna stand there and make the damn throw and you go well get out of the pocket here buy some time threaten the line of scrimmage you're too fast you're too good of an athlete to just stand there and I hope he's gonna come open down the middle that's maybe one of the negatives but still more times than not even on those plays he stands in there and you go oh look at that laser for a, a big throw so that's where he's really really special negatives you know again maybe just holds on to the first receiver receiver too long and I'm just gonna jam it in there right maybe a little bit of that maybe I should have said this about Burrow anticipation could probably be a little bit better because Burrow's great at anticipating guys not out of his break yet let me just throw a little touch ball Herbert he is a little bit of a I want to see him come out of the break and then I'll uh, throw it in there but I mean it's nitpicky with the negatives he's a phenomenal football player and it's just you know it's just going on an upward trajectory so same thing with Joe Burrow what, what did you see from his rookie year to last year because he was 11th last year, going into last year, and now he's in your top 10. Yeah, I mean, really, with Burrow and Herbert, those are two guys, again, that's where I'm trying to learn from these second-year guys a little. That I feel like I got Herbert about close to right last year. Yeah, And Burrow, I think, I even said, I think at the time, I think if hadn't hurt his knee, probably would have been right around that area too. Because you like Burrow uh, coming out of college better than Justin Herbert. I did, I did. And I loved the way Burrow played last year before he hurt his knee. You know, I mean, there was a lot of circumstances that maybe made things not look great at times, but they weren't his fault. I, you know, the biggest thing to him, I, I, not that there was one area where it's not going to be anything where I can go, oh, he improved his touch. or he just To me, you know, he had to learn a system for the second time and just became a little bit more, you know, I, I guess consistent with the intermediate and shorter throws maybe than he was in year one. And I think, again, I think that's just reps and playing – and seeing the field a little bit better. We saw all the magical things in the year one, right? We saw all the big, deep bombs and great throws and wow, wow, wow. You know, year one, yeah, there was, I think, some other things on first and second down completions where you'd go, oh, I wish he would have made a better decision or I wish he would have got off this guy and not tried to throw it 140 miles per hour into this guy's chest into a window the size of a keyhole and tried to go to the other guy. To me, this that's where he improved in year one to year two. The physical ability was apparent. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, that's where he's got a – he can really play with the offense and do it the right way and do that and make plays within the offense like where 
you know, again, it's just like, hey, the post isn't really part of this conversation, but he got to it and, and made a big play. He's great at that. Like I said, the off-the-schedule stuff, maybe he could be a little bit better like a Burrow or Allen or Mahomes who we're going to talk about here in a like minute. Let it go. Just let it go. Let it, use right. your athleticism. Exactly. Which, Get out of the pocket, set up, and be ready to throw one of those lasers we see some of these guys do all the time. To me, is something he can expand his game with a little yeah, bit. Yeah, which I wonder, too, because at, at Oregon, the system was not great for him, but he exactly. played within the system. Yes, he right? did. And so maybe he is a guy that needs to learn to – Break the rules right. a little bit more. Break the rules. And, like, you know, you talk about sometimes, like, the quarterback who runs, right? And he's, of course, going to look to run when things go bad. You know, this is the opposite. The guy with the great arm, he's just always like, well, he's going to come open. There's going to be a spot for me to throw it. And he just, you can stay on him too long and go, I'm going to fit it in there. Right. I'm going to fit it in there. I'm going to fit it in there. And that's where he's got to break out of that a little bit. And, and, and I think that's, you know, he's very capable of doing that. Third and touchdown passes last year. Third in interceptions, fifteen. Now, on the last podcast with Paul, he yeah. said Interne- interceptions they don't they don't matter as much anymore to you no, at least. They're not like game changers to me. I mean, of course, we want to take care of the football, and not all are created equal. Exactly either. right. Not are all created equal. How about his fifteen last year? Well, his fifteen, I think, go into the category of a little bit what I was just discussing. Just trying to jam some balls in sure. sometimes, sure. or just because my arm's so great. And then, you know, again, they're a big play offense, kind of just like the Bengals are. So you know, I think the time, maybe a little, just a little too hair, uh, like uh, aggressive that way. But, you know, they ask a lot of them, just like we're talking about with all these guys. And their offense, they weren't a great running football team. They had to make it happen with Justin Herbert and the receivers they got there. And that's to me where, you know, again, he was asked to be aggressive and, oh, it's fourth down, you know, you got to fit a ball in here and make something happen. Uh, the defense wasn't all that good. So that lent them into some games of going, I got to push the envelope. We got to throw the ball out here today. You know, it's a little bit like the Matt Stafford Lions conversation a little bit. They played a game last year where that's the way the game was. And if he didn't take some chances and be, some, be aggressive, they weren't going to win the game. And sometimes right. that bit them in the ass. But um, phenomenal talent. Smarts, physical ability, tough, strong the leadership area. That's what I was going to ask you about because yeah. we just got done talking about Joe Burrow uh-huh. and how good he is at that right. and how, how well-respected he is right. and how confident he is. You don't get that feeling from the outside. No, I'm with you. About Go ahead. Justin Herbert. Yeah. What do you know about his I, leadership it, abilities? It, right. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm glad we, we get here because, like, out of the top four, I think he's the least in this category. And not to say that he doesn't have an effect on his football team, but he seems more like he's the silent assassin type where it's just – he goes about his business. He doesn't say a whole lot. He leads by example. He shows everybody, hey, I'm really good, and I do everything right, and if, you know, follow my lead, and things will go right. I think he's that way a little bit. But, yes, do I feel like it's maybe the borough magic or that? No, I think he's a little bit more of a understated guy that way. But at the very least, he's still one of those guys now that the Chargers walk on the field and go, didn't we get Justin Herbert? We, get, we can win today. I don't care who it is what it is, whatever, we can play with anybody because of the things you said just a minute ago. You know, that's what the great quarterback can do. Oh, we got no run game, so what? Oh, we're playing shitty defense today, so what? You know, it just doesn't matter. Ten will throw lasers all over the field, and he'll make it happen, and more times than not, he did. So the physical ability is what I'm guessing gives him a little bit of an edge over Joe Burrow. It is. Because the- some of the intangibles are with Burrow here. Exactly. The throwing is just... 
it's so when you go back and even just some of the ones where you go, oh, the pocket's clean, and he threw, and you just go, well, damn, that guy was barely open. Yeah. Shit, he got it in there. First down, 15-yard gain. It's just it's so much of that, and it's down the field, and it's, you know, like big-time throws. And then, of course, with the quick game stuff and all that, he's very good too. His release isn't quite as quick as Joe Burrow's. You know, Burrow, who doesn't have a ton of arm angles, has a few more arm angles than Herbert, who doesn't have that. But, yes, I think it's that. It's, he's got a little maybe advantage in the game-changing throw department than Joe Burrow, and that's probably why I gave him the, the nod at three. And Burrow. he does it under pressure, too. Every one of his throws, his big throws, are on fourth down. <laughs> I mean, they go for it all the time. Yeah. Uh, and well, so that's, that's part of it, too. That it, cool under pressure from fourth down pressure. He is. He's, <laughs> it's, 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 well, all four of these guys are cool under pressure. Yes. But these two young guys, especially Burrow and Herbert, the, the fact that they've shown to be this cool this earlier in their career, you know, that, that's, that's a pretty special trait. And, uh, yeah, Herbert, he's, he's got it all. There's, just, there's nothing yes. about him to not like. Uh, again, I think we kind of hit on the right. negatives and, and all of that. But, man, it's a superstar that's going to be around for a long, long time. Throws perfect spirals, so it's easy to catch football. And then when you do blitz him and do all that stuff, too, even though I want to see him scramble and do some more there, he is amazing at you know being on the back foot, not being able to step into a throw, somebody hanging on him, still making the throw that way. Yep. Because of that size and strength, it's, it's pretty damn special. Still got the arm strength to do it. So this, uh, I'm reminded again, the AFC West is going to be pretty fun to watch. He had Russell Wilson at seven, now with the Denver Broncos. He got Justin Herbert at three. Derek Carr was at 11. Derek Carr was at 11. So we got to four of the ele- top 11 are in the AFC West. When Tom Brady retires, Derek Carr will be in the top 10. <laughs> right. So you could have all four quarterbacks in the top 10 because that brings us to your top two. Anything do, you do, want to do. say before we reveal your top two? Anything? Well, was it hard? Was it? Did you it go back and forth? Always hard. Always. Sleepless it, nights. Not sleepless nights. I think... This was a year where I think I, I clearly thought the guy I put at one was one. I did. It just is the guy at two is amazing. These are the two best players in the NFL. And again, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, through and through, you're, you probably know where this ranking is going. I've made some proclamations at the end of the year and things like that. So uh, you should know. But yeah, these two are one, unlike the other guys, have kind of done it for a few years here. To where it's like, okay, it's good. And then they've shown you everything. I mean, they can do it all. And I think like we talk about with Burrow and Herbert and what the effect they have on their team, these guys have an incredible effect on their football team. And then a sex appeal and showmanship that I think leads the NFL as well. And magic can happen with these two guys. So it's time. Let's do it. Around any corner. Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Do you want to give us your, your number one? Just say who it is, and then we'll get into your number okay. two. My number one is Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. 
That is the number one quarterback in football right now, and we'll discuss him in a minute, and we'll get into it. But that is number one, and it's not easy. Again, these are like, these are like. I feel like my like I'm I'm a proud papa of these two. I was the guy that went out on a limb when they came out in the draft, and we're like, no, this guy's the number one pick in the draft, and that guy's the number one quarterback in this draft. And I took a lot of crap over it. I love both of these guys, uh, and they're clearly, in, in my opinion, this the two top guys in the sport, and and maybe the two most fun to watch in the sport too. Uh, and that's what makes it awesome. So let's get to number two. We'll get into Josh Allen here in a second, yep. but. Number two for you, maybe the only quarterback you could put at number two where people are going to be disappointed or fans of that team are going to be disappointed. Yeah, that's right. Here's your guy. Is Patrick Mahomes. Yes, that's right. Patrick Mahomes, number two right now. I mean, we're talking about, yeah, already a first ballot Hall of Famer. And to me, already, I mean, one of the greats of the greats. I mean, we're already at that with, with him. All right? He's the coolest quarterback in the NFL, probably the most fun to watch in the NFL. I think that's where you talk about his creativity and deliveries and the way he plays is unlike anybody else in the sport. All right. That's where he's just different, you know? And I mean, come on, you can watch 10 throws in a row of this guy and go, he didn't really throw one throw normal. One was sidearm flick. The other one was across his body. This one, the legs were cockeyed and he just threw it. And I mean, he's all over the place, but it doesn't really matter because the ball's on the money more times than not. I mean, that's where he's amazing. So deliveries, quick release, finding like awkward holes to throw the ball through where you go, oh, no, man, he's the pockets collapsing here. This guy's open, but how's he going to get the ball? And he finds some way to get it through the garden tackle gap there and they on the money. I mean, that that's where it's crazy. It's one of the best arms in the league. He is of course, got great effect and leadership on his team like we talked about. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes. Oh, wait, there's 4.2 seconds and we're down by a touchdown. We got a chance. It's Mahomes. We got a chance. So it's 4.2. They left too much on the on the clock. I mean, that, that's where we are with the guy, you know. And then, um, you know, great touch. You know, I think that's one thing. Like, people talk about his arm. The one thing when I come back and watch him a little bit, you know, and like where I talked about Herbert, who doesn't have anticipation, Mahomes has an incredible arm, but does anticipate. He does. He can just lay a ball out there on a 20-yard out route, and the guy's still running straight up the field and just about to break outside, and they turn around, and it's like the ball's there. And he threw a slow, you know, changeup that got out there and was right on the money. Or just his ability to Travis Kelsey running a deep cross, and he's backpedaling and just does this. And it just drops, you know, from the sky 30 yards down the football field. Uh, it's incredible. And then I talk about his scrambling ability. I mean, he's one of the best scramblers in football. What about that? <clears throat> because last year we talked about go, that. Go, let's go. A little I'm, see, bit. that's where I like you. This is where you listen to me and you're going to ask the appropriate question. Early in, the, early in the year, yeah. you go, something's not right. Yes. Something's not right with his ability to escape the pressure in the right. pocket. Something's not right with his ability to run after breaking the, uh, the pocket. I mean, did did that improve as the year went on? It did. It did. But I still will contend that I do think it looked a hair slower from the year before. And I will say that I know his toe was bothering me, as you heard me say during the year last year. They weren't going to say it. I know his toe was a concern for them a little bit. So I do think he, like, lost a little bit. But as the year went on, you know, because I I, I spent this time this weekend again watching these again where you go – Oh, yeah, towards the end of the year, he, he definitely was running better than early on in the year. And when we talk about the scrambling, he is one of the best scramblers in football. Do you want to cough? 
I'm holding it in. I know you are. Hold, cough it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. There we I go. Know. I would hate that if I was it. That's yes. what I meant to say. I know you because I can see you're like. I might need more tea and more honey. No. All right, <laughs> but but he's an incredible scrambler. But why he's number two is him in the pocket this year was not good. We had a lot of games, if you remember, where oh, I, not good. It, it was not good for his standards. And then really, and there was a few games where I would go, it was not good, actually, for a lot of quarterback standards. Like, I would go, this, this was, he was bad. You know, I know, I don't think you were here the week, the Tennessee Titan game. They lost in Tennessee, and they were down 27-3 to or whatever at one point in the football game. You know, that's one game that jumps out to me, and there's a lot in every game where you see it, where, hey, step up in the pocket or why are you floating this way there's the pocket's perfect why why are you floating backwards and like literally backpedaling into trouble right there's a lot of that last year he he got a little bit too backyardy last year in my opinion mm. where we just talked about Justin Herbert and I want to go I wish he would play a little bit more backyard football Mahomes I would go I wish you would be just a little bit more like Justin Herbert and like stay in the pocket just a hair more and play it by the book he was too aggressive with decisions down the field, predetermining decisions, you know, trying to make big play and the magic happen. And you'd sit there and go, damn, there's, there's three people underneath open for seven yards. Why, why are we throwing a sidearm 40-yard throw down the middle of the field into double coverage? So that's to me, is why he's two. He's still awesome. But I think between those two things, he had a little bit of a down year. He was a little careless with the football at times. And I think that's why I gave the edge to Josh Allen as being the number one guy. If you only went off what you saw last year and didn't know about Patrick Mahomes and how great he has been. No doubt. There's, I don't, yes. I don't think there's any doubt. Where is he? Well, he's, if he's, he just went off of only – if all you knew about Patrick Mahomes was what you saw last year. Yeah. Uh, I still think he's right here in this conversation. He's he's still he's still too like wowing and makes too many good plays and you know even I'm being again we're being picky when I talk about not being good in the pocket or being too aggressive I mean again it's I'm holding him to a standard here that's it's the a Patrick little, Mahomes standard exactly yes. right it's 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 we're talking Super Bowl and you should go to the Super Bowl standard we're talking about here um, but no even with that you know again there's some games where you just go. This game was fucking unreal the way he played. Like, like maybe only Josh Allen could do this today. That's it. There's nobody. But I do think you saw some glimpses, too, of when he plays it by the book a little bit, he can really be surgical. Like, um, remember my two games I was going to The Raiders game okay. in Las Vegas. The Chargers game in Los Angeles. Two of his best games of the year because they they I know he had a, a beat in his brain all week. They're not going to give you the big play. You're going to have to settle for the underneath stuff and be patient and do that. And he kind of accepted it in those games and was surgical and was awesome. Completion percentage, the right decisions, the right throws, and then of course made the splattering of you know big plays. But that to me was the best. There was too many other games where it was like, well, they're not that good on defense. I'm going to fit this 45-yard sidearm throw in there. Oh, it was incomplete. Oh, there's another one incomplete. Oh, shit, we're punting. What's wrong with Kansas City's team today? They're, they're a little off kilter here, Jim. Oh, well, they're not, you know, we're executing as good. 
You know, what's going on here? Mahomes isn't starting off. Well, yeah, it was usually that. Is that your Tony Romo? That was, I guess I was being Tony Romo. I was trying to be Jim going to Tony. <laughs> I should have been the other way around. Yeah. Or, yes, I, I messed it up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's what, you know, I came yeah. back to more times than not with him. Co- yeah. So we have a couple of graphics that kind of illustrate your point. I think okay, you can good. Get deeper into it. I'm glad. The heat I'm maps. Glad, we have the heat maps. They don't from, know my points, so this is from good 2020 to 2021. Um, if uh, Courtney, if we have those, because they they played uh, they played them to, to not get beat, right? I mean, you got Tyreek Hill, you got to defend against. You got some other fast guys on that offensive side, so you you play deeper. So 2020, you see Patrick Mahomes went more what? What is that? I, the middle? 2020 went more middle, and there was more outside more the outside, numbers, right? more outside, more of that 10 plus outside the numbers. Yeah, yes, there was almost none of that last year. I mean, very little, below very, average. Very little. Right. And you, you see her teams, I think to your point, you're right. They took away a lot of the deep stuff. So, therefore, he had to settle for, you know, McCole Hardman underneath or, or you know, Travis Kelsey in the red on the, the, the image on the right there. And, you know, all those red in the middle. I would think the majority of those are Kelsey over the middle. Wait, they took away Kel- uh, Hill deep. They took away McCole Hardman deep. All right, here's Kelsey underneath. Boom, it was that. You see a lot of the throws in the backfield, again, to the backs and all that. But as we as I discussed last week, again, where you know people are going to look at it and go, well, yards completion weren't that great. Yes, I know that, and I've heard people try to push back. Well, his yards completion weren't you know big; it wasn't huge. Yes, but it's they weren't huge because of what he can do. It wasn't they were like, well, we got to call a lot of short passes because our quarterback can't throw the ball deep and he can't do that. No, they had to throw it short because everybody is so sick of seeing him throw bombs over their heads to Tyree Kill that. The league figured out how to stop that and, and made him have to be more patient, except he just wasn't more patient all the time. And uh, I think that's why, really, again, he's number two. But this, this guy is awesome. How different will that offense look this year? And what might he have to do? Differently, because you got Tyreek is out. You got Demarcus Robinson is out. You got yeah. Byron Pringle is out. There's some speed out. Yes. In is Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been good in the past. Don't know exactly what he is right now. Right. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he can go deep he for can. sure. Yes. Uh, Sky Moore, who I know you liked a I lot. I do, yes. I mean, how much different will Mahomes look this year than he did last year? I, I don't think it's going to look a lot different. I think what it will do is the fact that Hill's not there, a little bit like we talked about with Watson and DeAndre Hopkins a few years ago, I think it'll get him off of him a little bit and go, let me just get to the offense instead of like, let me see if I can make magic happen and make a big play with Tyreek. I think that's the, the biggest thing. I think also it's going to make him utilize just – the system itself a little bit more instead of looking for the guy in the matchup, right? You know, oh gosh, here he's running down the middle. It's Tyreek against a safety that's not as good or whatever. I think I should just throw it because he's better than that guy. Or even though the guy's in good coverage, or I think he'll play it by the book a little bit more. Yeah. I think he's going to spread the ball out a little bit more. And I think really it could end up being a little bit more of an effective offense in some ways. We'll see where it goes. You know, again, because I don't, it's not like they're losing a t- I don't. I still think this is going to be a pretty good receiving group. I'm one of those that thinks it's going to be. So we'll see where it goes. And it would be a bold prediction to say they're going to be better. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's going to be any worse. That's where Ooh. I will say I don't. I don't think it's going to be any worse. A semantics debate I, right now. Yeah. Do we have the graphic of the height too here, uh, Kristen? Do we? So here it is. So 
this is the height of the receivers last year, the height of the receivers this year. So what have they got? And I guess it's got fairly a similar. I, the, the one that's taller is... Um, MVS. Yes, MVS gives them definitely a little bit more length. And, right. you know, Tyreek was 5'10", but uh, I don't know how tall Sky Moore is. Sky Moore's about 5'10", as well. Right? I've met him in person, 5'10", 5'11". Some... But, yeah, the Valdez-Scanling, I think, is real. I think, you know, again, I mean, I think he's a more dangerous receiver than Brian Pringle or Demarcus Robinson, so I think that's an upgrade. And then a Juju, to me, is like, like a – almost like a – awesome pass-catching tight end that just got more speed. He's going to work the middle of the field. He's going to be tough over the middle. He's not afraid of contact. He'll help you out there. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw in Kansas City a little more emphasis on the six- and eight-yard completions, even though they're never going to abandon their, well, you run deep and you run deep and you run deep. But I think with Juju, all right, and being a pretty good route runner and being good in that area. We know Kelsey's great in that area. Right. Sky Moore, to me, is a little unlike anybody they've had to this point. Who is 5'10". He is 5'10". Your brain retained that information. Thank you. Well done. Yep. And he's... Why, why do you say that? Well, though, he's a really good route runner. They haven't had, like, a real slot receiver. You know, the jitterbug can read and make all the sharp, you know, tight cuts and all that. To where I just look at what they got and go, man, guys like Sky Moore and Juju, they're good at that stuff. They are. And so is Kelsey. To where I could see them maybe having a little bit more offense of finding the five and eight yard completion. And then, oh shit, they're picking us apart with the five and eight. And then you go, oh shit, there goes Valdez Scanling or McCole Hardman over our heads. I could see that being a little bit more instead of instead of it was the opposite last the last two years. Just go deep, go deep, go deep, and when they get so deep, we'll finally throw it short. I could see them this year going intermediate short, intermediate short. Okay, they're starting to creep up, guys. Unleash the Mahomes bomb, and then it's touchdown, Kansas City. So that that's maybe I guess where I'm expecting a little bit more. Going to be so many highlight plays from them again, but it's going to be difficult, and it was last year um, because their schedule. Well, last year they only had five games versus teams who had a losing record last year, and two of those were the Broncos. We think the Broncos will be better this year, so the division might be as tough as any division out there uh, in football. And they start with at Arizona. Thursday night football, big one for Amazon against the Chargers and Justin Herbert. At Colts, at Buccaneers on NBC. Raiders, Monday Night Football, Bills at 49ers. Jeez. Although I, I do. Bye we do, week, Titans. Bye week and then Titans. What I do realize going through these schedules is that the NFL is pretty good. They got a lot of good, good teams <laughs> right? in the NFL. Right? I like, know. There's not many cupcakes. There's, there's really not. In this league. But that's very, very difficult for the Chiefs. It was very difficult last year. It was. You know, to your point. I mean, I remember last year coming down the schedule going, damn, can Kansas City really for a fourth year in a row come out and be like one of the top teams in the AFC? And my answer to the, the one this year is yes, they can. They'll. I, I just would be shocked. They're ahead of the curve. Their team is in a good spot. You know, they changed over their team in the midst of Super Bowl runs. A little like 
New England used to do, where you'd go, they're kind of rebuilding and still going to AFC Championship games. What is going on? Why is the rest of the league rebuild and we all fall off? And Brett Veach and Andy Reid are retooling and kind of turning over the team, and nothing's changed. We still look at them and go, oh, shit, here comes Kansas City. So, I, I mean, I don't worry about them. One, they're a tougher, more physical team than people give them credit for. It's one thing I always try to say to people because we think about them passing and greatest show on turf and all that. But in the trenches – Nobody ever overpowers Kansas City. Nobody. And they're as good now as they've ever been in both sides there. So I just look at that and go, hey, they'll be okay. And, of course, it's Mahomes and Andy Reid and company and a lot of good players on that football team to where, yeah, playoffs for sure. And then just we'll see after that because the AFC with some of these teams and quarterbacks is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Patrick Mahomes was number one in 2020. He was number one last year. He is not number one. It hurt in twenty. It hurt. It, it hurt my heart. It was like a sad thing to say, you know, because really, even in twenty nineteen, I think I made him two, and I was that year I made Rogers one, and I was really like, man, this is freaking close, and it was like I gave Rogers the edge by a hair. So I mean, we're really like in a year. This is the first time that yeah, I mean, it's the first time in three years, really like four years. I could, even that year, I think I could have made like Rogers one and Mahomes one a. So, yeah, we'll see where this goes, uh, but, but it's, uh, he's freaking awesome. Let's not forget that. For the first time in a long time, though, Aaron Rodgers is not number one. Right. Patrick Mahomes is not number one. That's right. We have a new king. We got a new king. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, Josh Allen. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. It's my boy, Blue. <laughs> I'm such a dork. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, but Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. There's no doubt. He is the guy that I would take right off the bat. No one has asked more to to do more for their team or carry their team more on a weekly basis than Josh Allen. Again, out of the top four quarterbacks we're talking about here, definitely the least talent around him. No doubt about it. It's, It's not even close, everybody. All right? You talk about the physical ability. It's arguably the best. It's the strongest arm in football. Him and Herbert and Mahomes are the strongest arms in the game. And I think when you really ask somebody to just throw it, all right, if the pocket was clean and you said, okay, let's throw it as hard as we can, Herbert and Allen to me would be really close and interesting. But Allen, when things are awkward or like I got to move and then set up my feet real quick, he can still throw it extremely hard where I feel like the other guys maybe lose just a little bit. So it's – the best arm in football, you know, especially most dynamic maybe that way too, all right? Then, you go, oh, wait, the other part of the skill set. I didn't even get into this with Mahomes because he's a great runner too, a great scrambler. We talked about the pocket thing. But Allen, other than Lamar Jackson, is the best running quarterback in football. There's, this, I don't even think that's debatable. Again, Kyler Murray, I know, maybe more electric. You're not asking Kyler Murray to – run over the middle linebacker on third and two like they asked Josh Allen to do like six times a game. And then they get in the goal line and they're like, you know, we can't really run with our running back, so you be the running back and you just get in there. I mean, nobody. And then like if we talked about with the talent around him, again, Stephon Diggs is the man. We know that. Gabriel Davis is good. Everybody's got the last game of the year a little too in their head, and now they put him in the top 10 wide receiver conversation. And it's like, no, no, he caught 500 yards of balls last year. He was fourth on his own team. So calm down, 
with like they got this amazing weaponry. I like him again. Cole Beasley, bye. Out of there. Didn't really matter last year. Emmanuel Sanders, going to be on a new team, still a free agent at this point. So how great do you think he was that nobody still has signed him, right? So that's, again, where don't just look at the stats and all that because the stats, you're not, you're, you're not going to look at him and go, well, he's the best quarterback in football, the stats. But his effect on the game, his own team, there's no greater. And then with the physical ability, it's, it's the most physically gifted quarterback in the game right now too. Nobody does more with less. Is that how you would say it? Because I, I think it's a great way you describe Tom Brady. Thank you. When you did the rankings with thank Paul you. Say nobody day. can do more with more. No one does more with more. Right. Like you give Brady a, a cast around him. He will he's going to take him up. higher than anyone else would. Exactly. But Josh Allen can do it with anyone. With limited. You know, it's, it's where, like, the vice versa, that'd be go, put Tom Brady in Buffalo or in Cincinnati and tell me how that's going to go there, right? And that's where, you know, these guys are special that way. That's not a knock on Brady. It's just that's the way it is. But, yes, I think that's, you know, again, it's, 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 it's they've based the organization, like Mahomes in Kansas City, and just going, we're playing through our quarterback. And we'll even adjust the way we play defense. And we're just going to attack you with this guy. And we're never going to let off the gas pedal. It's just going to be Josh Allen to the right, Josh Allen to the left, laser down the middle, laser down the sideline. And to me, where he separates from Mahomes a little bit right now is he can play within the offense a little bit more consistently than Mahomes. You know, where we talked about where I go, Mahomes, it's just a little too greedy at times, looking for the big play, looking for the splash play. Why we leave in the pocket? We don't have to. I don't come away with Josh Allen and doing that. When the pocket's good, the big fucker will just stand there all day and go, I'm here. But he's got a great sense of going, okay, it's nobody's open or it's getting a little hairy. Now it's time for backyard football. And within the pocket, he moves the right spots there too. So that's where he's really good. And to me, you know, again, he's a big arm quarterback to where he can get greedy at times. But I honestly think he was – He's less greedy than Herbert or Mahomes and sometimes just going, I'm going to jam it in there. You know, like I said, he'll, okay, the first guy wasn't open. Let me guy guy over the middle, number two, number three, read, boom, blah, blah, blah. So to me, he's really good in that area too. His weakness is, yes, throwing the ball too hard at times. There's too many balls where I go, damn, he's, he's six feet from you. Just throw it slow, slow it down a little bit. Or, and he goes, I did. Yeah, I knew, I he like, probably well, did. I know, right. You gotta, still got to go slower. Yeah. <laughs> like three more notches down. Uh, that would be the thing, you know, I would say a little bit. That, you know, maybe too many hits at times are the things that scare me. But, man, you know, really, it's, it's just, this is a guy that's been playing really high-level football for the last two seasons. He rivaled Mahomes even in the 2020 season, and I think this year is the year he he passed him up just slightly. With again, what I'm saying is being more consistent. You know, the ability with the legs. I think a hair better decision maker right now. And then the wow and splash plays are right there with Mahomes. It's it's right there, and uh, that's not that's saying a lot because again, Mahomes is already an all-time great, and I think Josh Allen is starting to go into that area too. You had Josh Allen at number two last year. You had him at eighteen in twenty twenty, and you liked him. I liked him. But so this is again another example of like you know early in the career, I didn't give enough of these guys the boost of there's gonna be growth here, you know. 
and 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 I think he's another one of those guys where I look at to go. I didn't bump him up when I knew the potential and everything, and the guy works hard and all that. Like it's gonna go up. Don't be so scared, even though it's like not a proven thing yet. You knew, I knew he was better than that, and that's what I've tried to learn this year a little bit. We'll see. I'm even scared with some of the second year, like the Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields category, because their potential is better than the low 20s. And that's, you know, again, they could be a huge jump next year. But, yes, Allen is, is amazing. He really is. And to tell you how amazing he is, again, the leadership, the effect on the team, all that good. But McDermott's a defensive coach. Yes. And has gone to the dark side and gone, let's throw it every play. Let's just let it loose. This guy, <laughs> because he sees the guy every day in practice and goes, how could we not attack through this guy? He's trustworthy and he's unbelievable. And – he can, like Mahomes, can almost win games single-handedly. Like, the game I'll go back to last year, act, the, there's two of them, actually. I mean, again, what he did in the Kansas City game and the loss was, was through the roof good. But nobody does what he did to New England in the playoffs. We've never seen anybody do that to Bill Belichick. Like, nobody. Like, what did they score? What they end 47? Up 47. And took the foot off the gas? And, like... What, threw for 80% and ran on them and did it all? But to me, the game that jumps out even more is the Week 16 game against the Patriots where their game plan was perfect. And you break that game down and you go, the Patriots should have won the game. Allen just made like eight or nine plays where you go, whoa, the coverage is perfect. They had him in the backfield. He escaped. And then made some amazing play. And you go, damn, the Patriots called the perfect defense and really executed really well. And they just couldn't overcome the guy. And I think that's when you saw Bill Belichick start to go, oh, shit, this guy's absolutely amazing. Right. But, yes, he can carry a team single-handedly. And, again, without like top-tier talent compared to the top four. I'm glad you brought up the coaches, too. Sean yeah. McDermott, a defensive guy. Right. Now, join the dark side here. He's an offensive-minded pass-first coach, maybe. But a lot of that could have been Brian Dayball, too. Uh, you've complimented him yes. in the past. And yes. So he is gone. Right. He's the head coach of your favorite football team yep. now. So you've got Ken Big Dorsey move. in there as the offensive coordinator. I mean, last year, obviously, they were awesome. Finished third in the NFL with 28 points per game, fifth with almost 400 yards per game last year. Uh, Brian Dayball was good. That's why he got a head coaching job. Can Josh Allen do it again? Yes. Without him. Yes, but what changes? It, it, to me, is this is one of the biggest under-the-radar storylines of the mm. NFL season. Uh, I'm, I don't know what to expect. You know, Ken Dorsey, this is the first time in this position. And he's really been a quarterback coach for the most part of his career. And like you mentioned, you're, you're working for a defensive-minded coach. You're working for a defensive-minded coach. And, you know, to your point, I mean, Dayball's special. He's, yeah. he's good. He's got answers, and his offense has a little bit of everything. So, you know, and there was pressure on Dayball and Josh Allen because I think they knew the way they were playing and whatever that they needed to kind of make magic happen on a weekly basis. So, you know, I don't know what to expect from Dorsey. I don't think things are going to change a whole lot, you know, but I think the big thing is, is can he just give Allen a few schematical plays or advantages every game like Dayball did to kind of just like – open the rest of the offense up. And that's what I'm going to be interested to see. I really am. But I wouldn't think they change a whole lot except 
there's going to be a little bit more, I, I would think a little bit more balance that they can't just think Josh Allen can drop back 40 times a game and run the ball 12 times a game and just do it all by himself all the time. To me, they're, they're playing with fire to a degree. He takes a lot of hits. He takes a lot of punishment that way. Um, so that's where you know I, I'm, I'm guessing we might see a little bit more balance, but I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes up there in Buffalo. But at this time, you know, Josh Allen has a few years in the league. Ken Dorsey can just go, hey, what'd you do last year? Yeah, well, I, I, I hope that's what I mean. I hope what'd he you did the year before. Right. He's been there the last few years, so hopefully, you know, the system's not going to change. And then the fact that he's the quarterback coach with Josh Allen, I would think there's great communication. Totally. And, and in a lot of ways, Sometimes that might be it. Might be one of those where now Josh Allen feels a little more uncomfortable. I mean, more comfortable to go like, "Hey, Ken, I, I really like this play. Like, can we find a few more ways to run it, or a few different formations, or whatever else?" And maybe that could be the positive. But to me, definitely one of the things to watch early in the year is the Buffalo offense and what it looks like under Ken Dorsey's leadership. So going forward, the number one spot in your rankings. It looked like for years it would be Patrick Mahomes to lose. And yeah, I guess he did lose it. Yeah. Is it Josh Allen's to lose now, this number one spot in the rankings? You know, I don't want to say to lose because that would imply that he's got to play bad or something to to lose it. Where, I, I don't know, with the top four guys we just talked about, I could see you still playing good and one of them going out of this world good and we going, well, man, Allen really didn't do a lot to justify dropping, but – Fucking Burrow or Herbert were just unreal this year. Like it's it was, and you you know I, so I could see that, you know, uh, but his physical ability, his talent, he's learned to play the position, he's learned to be a leader. You see, he's clutch. I mean, everything that you need to see is there, and now they just need like Mahomes has had and some other great quarterbacks, the ones that have won Super Bowls. He just needs a little more support. That that to me is the biggest thing. You know, again, it's it's doesn't have tremendous playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, right? And on the offensive side of the ball, like we talked about too, it's it's I think a little overrated. And and Diggs is really the only blue chip star on that side of the ball. Other Jameson than Josh Crowder Allen. is in. That'd be o- great. OJ Howard is in. Tavon Austin is in. Yep. So yes, hopefully they could do it. Crowder should be a really nice addition to the slot. So you got Gabe D- Davis and Diggs outside, and now you got a jitterbug like Crowder. You know, I, I would think that that's going to be a pretty dangerous combination. And I like Dawson Knox a lot. He's got the physical ability to be the real deal at tight end. He has drop issues at time. You know, he's a little raw in that department. But, you know, again, a lot of good up there in Buffalo. And I love the addition of Spiller. I mean, uh, not Spiller, uh, Cook. They, they had added James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother out of Georgia. I think that's going to be add another nice element to that offense. So congratulations to Josh Allen. My boy, You're Blue. number one, but don't rest on your laurels. That's right. Chris Sims says. Yes. Not yours forever. It's yours, though, in 2022. It is. Congratulations. Way to all go, right. my boy, Blue. Is there such a thing as a traveler, not a Delta? Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. 
So, so the AFC is pretty good, and, and we've seen it once again in your rankings here. Your top four quarterbacks are all in the AFC. So let's uh, ha- have our friends over at PointsBet give us a little help here. Who is the best value bet here out of the teams to win the AFC championship? The best odds right now is your number one quarterback, your boy Blue, plus yep. 400 for the Bills, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, plus 500. You got the Chargers plus eight hundred. They're going by your ranking so far. <laughs> Seriously, uh, Bengals though at plus twelve hundred, and so they're down there on what sixth right now. Broncos next, and then Ravens, then Bengals fifth. Why so low with the Bengals? You think that's the best value? Well, no, it's the mm. second best value. I think the best value to me yes. is the plus fifteen hundred Tennessee Titans, the team that was the number one seed with an all time record of injuries last year. So. Wait, how good can they be if their team's actually healthy and intact for a divisional round game? I, I, I'm the, you know, again, I know we're obsessed with quarterbacks, and this is the quarterback list, and we love it and all that. But here's the one of like, team is really good. Team is really well rounded. Team can play a few different styles of football, and the team, I think their style of football translates to playoff football. And I, I, I think they're going to be – that, to me, would be the one I look at to build value bet-wise. I like Tennessee Titans at plus 1,500. I mean, all these teams I know are good and capable of being real deal. But right. value bet-wise, I really like that Titans one. Yeah, and you had uh, Ryan Tannehill at number 15 yeah. in your quarterback uh, countdown list. But, yeah, I mean, maybe some concerns with A.J. Brown. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Is Derrick the, Henry, all yeah. the wear and tear on him. Yeah. Is he going to be the same guy? But, yeah. But yeah, they had a lot of injuries last year, and they were there. And Mike Vrabel is uh, is one of the best uh, coaches here. So uh, we want to remind you. Yeah, you can download the Points Bet app. I've done this in the past. I've been uh, a little pushy, so I'm going to say if you choose to, if you choose to, you can download the Points Bet app using the promo code NBC2K Man, to sign up. You're such a nice non-pushy guy. I don't want to be pushy, yeah. right? If they want to do it, they can do it. If they don't want to do it. They don't have to do it. You better download the PointsBet app, <laughs> says Chris Sims, all right? And if you're in an eligible state, PointsBet has a sign-up offer for unbutton, unbutton listeners that you can't miss. Download the PointsBet app. Use code NBC2K, like Ahmed said, yep. to sign up. You get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So say you bet $100 on the Bengals to win the AFC. If you win, you will get $1,200. But if you lose, you will still get free bets worth $100. Come on. Download the app, PointsBet app. Do it. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. All right. After reading that, I do feel like they should do it. Yeah, right. I feel Push like them they back. Should, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it. You should do that, and I will do it for you if I ever see you. I'll grab your phone and download the PointsBet app. So we're done. We've made it all the way through. I can't believe it. Sigh relief. Holy crap. You know, I, I wore Batman. I wore my red pants for this, and I, did, I, I didn't even. Oh, I my I was wearing the gosh. Sims. I'm sorry. Red pants and the T-shirt today. And the T-shirt today, too. Boom! I ha- I was hiding that until we revealed the number one quarterback. <laughs> I oh, thought I you should have had, had like Josh Allen written under You're there right. or something. <laughs> uh, maybe it's on the back. Uh, so there's the top forty. I'm sorry, Kristen. We can put the uh, the uh, the top twenty there. The final rankings back Woo! on the on the we did screen. It. We did it. You did it. You've done it once again. Um, and we do have to give congratulations not only to you because of all the hard work you do with this, but the entrants who did the best in the Sims Perfect Ten. We got three entrants that we want to give special congratulations to because they all nailed the top eight. Nobody did the top ten, Wow! but they nailed your top eight. So it's Parker McMillan, Chris Rodriguez, and Matthew Barranco. 
congratulations to the three of you. You nailed. You got into Chris Sims's brain, which is a scary place to be, and you got the top eight. It's hey, congratulations. It really is. It's impressive, and you know, hey, it's tough. The guys that they and you know, I, I see what we we they they like what had Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. Is they, they, I guess they both are. They all had all did, Kyler all Murray. Three. Nine, and, yeah, I, these are the same person, just different uh, pseudonyms here, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, I think they had Kyler Murray in the mix. A lot of the ballots had Deshaun Watson in the mix there. Yeah, that I was a like tough one. We should have maybe said he's not in the top ten. We should have just told like, people that. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. More. Yeah, yep, you're right. And hey, listen, Kyler Murray, you certainly can argue he's in there. I'm not, you know, I'm not one to sit here and go, I'm right about everything. I just, not in my opinion, he's not. But he's a special player that way. But impressive. And uh, we do. We're, we we got to send some gifts the, that will. way for sure. Pete says we'll be in touch. Way to go, Parker, Chris, and Matthew. Way to go. With prizes in the next coming days. Another five homies got seven of the ten. Okay. So that's pretty good, too. Yep, so right. a, lot, a lot of people are in your brain. They're, they're listeners. They're constant listeners. And now they, they have become you. They're good. They're good. I need that. That's what we need is more, more. Chris Sims brains in the world. <laughs> that's going to make, make the place better. All right. So <laughs> you guys have a lot of questions out there, I'm sure. Uh, some that have already trickled in here. Like, I think there's one out there where's the cutoff of who could be the potential number one quarterback? Oh, you know, that's a good one. Which is one. a good one. Save it for Paul. Okay. That'll be a, that'll that'll be be a, a Thursday Paul. podcast. We're that'll doing a, a, yes. really an AMA on the whole list, and we'll anything you guys want to ask. I know we get a lot of questions in the bank about a lot of these guys, so yep. we're going to go over that and address some of them. So we end this podcast woo, 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 woo. with the final rankings, the, the top ten for the Super Brawl rankings. Dun, dun, dun. So we left off with Todd Bowles in the house. Got the Bowles in, in this house. house. Got the Bowles and Brady at number 11. So we think they would beat up the rest of the NFL, except for these remaining 10. So here are the, the final 10. If you make the top 10, too, I feel like you, no matter where you are ranked here, you should feel good about yeah, that yeah, as a you coach should. and a quarterback. You sound like me trying to make people sound, feel better about their top 10 quarterback rankings. <laughs> uh, our first one here is a quarterback who already feels pretty good because yeah. he's a top three quarterback, according to Chris Sims. It's uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. we got Brandon Staley. we got Justin Herbert, 39 years old. Brandon Staley started two years at quarterback. At Dayton, they were 13th last year. They've moved up this year. And in case you're unfamiliar with this concept, we think that they would get in a barroom fight and beat up everyone below them. I, I mean, yeah, he's young. He's got some athletic background. He's fearless because he'll just go for it on fourth down every time. Exactly. So he's like, I'm going to throw the haymaker. Oh I'm going to do it. I'm going to choke slam this guy for sure <laughs> right now. And then Herbert, I mean, is one of the biggest in football and he's one of the biggest guys in football and of course the strong arm you know he's gonna have a nice right hook and everything to go with it i like where you're at there he seems like he could be kind of like a frankenstein like, I like coach what do you want me to do I, go beat them those two guys up well it, it, he's like i was gonna say during my quarter i'm glad you're saying this when during my quarterback i was like he's like the megatron of quarterbacks to me a little bit it's almost like he's like i am big robot that will stand here and throw lasers <laughs> down the middle of the yeah. field yeah i, I want to say that when i watch him in the pocket sometimes imagine that in a fight with Todd Bowles and uh, Tom Brady. It's just Justin Herbert taking them both and Staley's just sitting back watching it all happen. Right. So they're number 10 right now, just below number 9. Woo! The San Francisco 49ers. Your boy Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance, who they've moved up from 23 last year. They had Jimmy Garoppolo last year. The Trey year. Lance bump, I guess is the what we're Trey getting. Lance bump. Big guy. We saw it last year. Yes. I mean, the way he runs, he didn't last yeah. throughout the whole year, but he's willing to put his, his nose in there. He is strong. He's athletic. You're right. He's got some size. And he's got a strong arm, so he's got some arm speed as well. And then Shanahan's a scrapper. 
He's a scrapper. I mean, Shanahan's bigger than people realize. You know, he's almost 6'2", if not 6'2", right around there. Okay. You know, he did play wide receiver at Texas. Yep. So it's not like he's just a, a total nerd who calls offensive plays. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I'm, I like where you're at here. You say not a total nerd, so there is some nerd element. Well, uh, yes. How could you come up with some of those plays without him being somewhat <laughs> of a nerd? All right, but uh, yeah. yeah, but but other than that, no, he's he's fight. He's uh, he's got some feistiness and he's got some fight in him. I, I probably asked you. I probably asked you last year if you ever saw him get in a fight. I don't think he did. I saw his few. Not he wasn't afraid to stick up for me when people would say crap to me. Yeah. Now we probably had to have some other big guys around too to exactly. embolden him. But yes, he. He, he certainly wasn't afraid of a little confrontation back in the day. So they get the Trey Lance bump because of his uh, physical ability, and I think this next team kind of in a similar boat here. Mm. Number eight, the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. Now, Sirianni, 40 years old. He was also a wide receiver. Man, a lot of wide receivers right? as head coaches in the I NFL. Know. There is. Uh, his was at Division Three Mount Union, though. Uh, 6'1", almost 200 pounds when he played. So they've bumped I've bumped them up. They were 21 last year. I saw the toughness of uh, Jalen Hurts. I came to like Nick Sirianni. I bumped him up. Yeah, Sirianni's got some toughness, and he's, he is a little bit bigger of a guy than I would th- think in person. And Hurts is like – Hurts has got, like, I think probably more than court- normal quarterback strength. He's got legs, from what I hear, like – can squat like a running back like he's he's one of those kind of guys so I think there's legit like explosive power here to where yeah you wouldn't want to get in a tussle with Jalen Hurts and Sirianni could almost confuse the other team he'd be like talking like before the fight like hey we're, we're like we're gonna take you like a, a flower yeah we're playing and, over here yes and they might sprout and you put some water on us and watch out and we might strangle you with our flower <laughs> tentacles who knows yeah, yeah and before you know it bam there's Jalen Hurts <laughs> for the haymaker so they're eight right now we're gonna stay in the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. And now this is a drop, unfortunately, mm. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were one last year with Mike Tomlin, who I love, and Big Ben, because I, I, those guys seem like they would win any barroom fight against anyone, yeah. football player, or coach, you. or not. I hear you. But Big Ben no longer there, and so replaced by Mitchell Trubisky. But because of my respect for Mike Tomlin so much, Two-team all-conference wide receiver at William & Mary back in the day. Still seems like he could scrap. Yes. I put them at number seven. No, no question. I don't think you need to question Mike Tomlin at all. Trubisky, too. I mean, he's another guy. Like like Hurts, it's like a real athlete. So I would think he can do some damage here. I don't know. I mean, I, I, we'll see the rest of your list here, but I don't know if you should have dropped him so far. Ooh. Or maybe, maybe they shouldn't have been one last year with Ben. I don't know. You know, again, Ben, he was aging a little last year. Yeah. You know, like Ben he, may look more like a guy who would win a fight than actually be a may, guy maybe, who would win a right. fight. Maybe that's the way to say it. But I, got, I, I like where you're at. I, I like your top ten so far. I think it's pretty good here. So number six, I did not anticipate putting this team this high Whoa. in the rankings. Uh, I don't like this team uh, yeah, as a Detroit Lions fan, but I respect what they could do in this fight. And the more I learned about them, the, more, the higher I put them up. Matt Eberflus... And Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears are number six. Now, uh, Eberflus, am I saying that right? Yeah, you are. 52 years old. I was like, all right, that's a knock against him. But I read up on him. Yeah. He was a linebacker at Toledo. Right. And the Toledo coach at the time, Dan Simrill, said, quote, as intense of a player as I've ever coached, he made himself great. He was a walk-on, became the starting linebacker, high praise from the coach. I'm like, that's a tough guy. I'll make him number six. I, he is tough. 
He does kind of give off a no-nonsense kind of aura about him. But you're doubting this high in the rankings, though. Well, I don't know if I'm doubting it. I guess I need to know. I don't know Matt Eberflus all that well yet. We can't right? just go on a, a quote from a coach. Ex- yeah, well, that's, that's the only thing I'm challenging. Yes. I'm not saying you're wrong here. Now, the quarterback, you got to go with it. I mean, is arguably, you know, I would think he's in the conversation for strongest pound-to-pound, pound-for-pound quarterback in, in football. That helped. Yes. He's built like a Greek god. I mean, he's got speed, power, everything there. So, uh, yeah, I guess Eberflus is the one I just question a little bit. I do know he's tough and no nonsense. I guess I just want to see the grit in action this year when the camera's on him most of the game. Highest jump of any team because it wow. was Matt Nagy and Andy Dalton wow. last year. Wow, yes, right. And so they've gone from 28 all the way to 6. Wow. Huge jump for them. Big they jump. Go up even higher. We'll have to see from Matt, though. You're right. Yeah. Let's prove it. Yeah. You know, you got some right. good quotes. We don't right. know a whole lot about prove you. Prove Ahmed right. Prove me right. Right. Prove me right, Matt. Into the top five. And this is a team that was number three last year, so a little bit of a drop down. Okay. We got the Baltimore Ravens. John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. You talk about pound for pound strength. I'm putting Lamar Jackson in that category as well. I'm a little apprehensive. I don't know that I don't John's hanging on here. He's 59. He's one year from 60. He's on the edge. That gives me a little trepidation here, but yeah. uh, enough here to to uh, another one of those things prove me wrong. You know, I'm going to let it play out. Right. But I put him number 5. Yeah, it, I'm I'm no no problem here. It's a young 59 from Harbaugh. I agree with that. And he's a Harbaugh. So it's like they come out of the womb fighting and they go into the ground fighting. I mean, that's, that's just so I, I, that's just the way they are. So right. I, I would think fighting is like second nature to him. And then yeah, I'm with you, Lamar. I mean, Lamar, come on, is there any is there a quarterback you know other than Josh Allen and him? They take more hits than anybody. Take on defenders, get do up it and all, keep going, and they don't even act like it hurts them. Right? Exactly yeah. right. So yes, I, I I'm I'm with you there. And not that it would be allowed, but we would assume that Jim Harbaugh would be somewhere lurking. Oh, he'd be coaching for sure. <laughs> yes. Khakis and a whistle and yeah. being like. Yeah, he'd be he coaching Lamar and John, uh, John up. Yeah. Uh, but they're not in the top four. Yeah. Time for the top four, just Whoa. like you did today. Right. Number four. There were seven last year, so they've moved up. We've got the New York Jets, Robert Sala and Zach Wilson. I mean, Sala, no explanation needed. None. Right there. None. And Zach Wilson looks a little bit like a pretty boy. You may question his fighting ability Agre- or, or want to. Right. But we think he, he would want to. And he's a bigger guy than you might think. Exactly. Don't judge books by the cover. Just because the guy's got a you know a pretty boy face and blonde hair doesn't mean he can't be tough. Yes. I mean, what people said about I've, you? I've heard that before. Exactly right. Right. I've also been around some really good-looking guys who will whip the shit out of anybody. <laughs> so uh, that doesn't mean anything. Um, Sala, you're right. It's kind of like got the biggest neck out of all the coaches. Oh, actually, the second biggest neck. The biggest vein in his neck, maybe, out of all the biggest coaches. Biggest vein. I think yeah. biggest vein we can Tough, say. defensive guy. And then I think you said it right about Zach Wilson. First off, Zach Wilson's tough. He shows that on the football field. And then Zach Wilson's a very good athlete. And Zach Wilson, to your point, is a lot thicker than people realize. There's real muscle on Zach Wilson. I, th- I couldn't get over it when I saw him last year in training camp. And from everything I've heard, he's gotten bigger. You know, so he's got some real muscle structure to him there that, yeah, there's there's some power behind those muscles. So a chance to move up even higher. Yeah. And this was tough because Salah's so tough, but I don't think he's as tough as this next guy. Yeah. Number three, the Detroit Lions, my guy Dan Campbell and Jared Goff. I mean, Dan Campbell, 6'5", 10-year career in the NFL as a tight end. Of all the coaches, if I was just to do a coach ranking, it would be hard for me It'd be tight. It'd be close. Him and Vrabel. 
Him and Vrabel would be one. They'd be going down in the end, yeah. right? I mean, I think if you just made it coaches, you'd go, okay, it's going to be those two in the middle. Everybody else is dead, yep. right? Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm with you there. And Jared Goff, I, he hurts them. He well, does hurt them. He does hurt them. Goff, I'll say this though, he is tough. Like he ain't afraid to take a shot or take a hit. He played banged up a little he bit does, last year. Yeah, he yeah. He, he's not like, I don't ever look at Jared Goff and go, oh, he's peeking over his shoulder. He's worried if somebody's going to hit him. I, I might not always agree with how he moves in the pocket or the ultimate throw or decision he makes, but I never come away going, oh, he's a wimp or scared. That's for sure. He is tall. He's got some length to him. And, you know, Jared Goff, even though is, he can throw the ball pretty far and, and has a decently strong arm, it might not be a spiral to where, again, yeah, I think he could do some damages with the right hand. So they're number three, and what a day oh, for Josh baby. Allen. Almost swept the two number ones, Holy and it was so crap, close. Ola. I went back and forth on this a lot. Did you? The top two was very difficult yeah, for me. Yeah. Because we got the Bills and we got the Tennessee Titans. Right. And you got Sean Possible McDermott. AFC showdown for could the championship. Be. Yes. You got Sean McDermott, smaller guy than Mike Vrabel, right? Yeah. No chance. But you've got the fact that McDermott was also a national a wrestler. prep wrestling right. champion. That's going to give Vrabel some issues. In high school. Right. And he was also a football player. All-conference safety at William & Mary. Played yeah. with Tomlin there. So he played football, but he's got some skills. Yeah. But ultimately, I, I thought the size of Vrabel would win out here. But, I mean, Josh Allen over Tannehill. To, this was tough. That's This tough. was like splitting hairs. I went with the Bills number two with Sean McDermott, Josh Allen. I went with the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill number one. I, I like it. I do. I don't, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Yeah, I think the Vrabel and then, like, Ryan Tannehill's not like some short, wimpy dude. I mean, he's... Like, again, we've talked about this before. He was a Division One wide receiver at Texas A&M, who's 6'4", 220 pounds. I mean, he's got real explosive power and stuff there, too, to where as awesome as Josh Allen is, I don't think he's just going to just roll over Ryan Tannehill, even though I'm going to give him the advantage. And then, yeah, I'm with you. Like, McDermott is going to be a scrapper. He's going to be a pain in the butt. He might get Vrabel in a few holds or positions where he's like, what the hell is this wrestling move? Yeah. But Vrabel's just too big and too powerful. Like it'd be one and of those probably where... knows some of those moves himself. Totally. I mean, Vrabel's, what was he, 6'4", 260 when he played? Easy. It seems like he's yeah. still that at yes. this point, maybe no, in just as good a shape. Right. Uh, it'd be one of those where if they went head-to-head ten times, maybe – McDermott would figure out a way one of those times or two of those times. Choke to get him, him out in, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Get him in a get him in a leg lock. Now I will say this. Pete texted me and he goes he goes, What if your Detroit Lions traded for Baker Mayfield? Uh-huh. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. would they shoot up to one? And I was like, It's a you could make an argument for that. You could. Because Baker Mayfield, much like Big Ben, seems fit for a barroom yeah, brawl. Right. I, I would almost be like disappointed if Baker hasn't been in a barroom brawl back at Oklahoma. Exactly. Like, but you're, you're not living up to what you are. Like you didn't get you didn't throw a few punches in there. Right. Uh, so I hear you there. I think you'd have to debate that one for sure and probably would make them number 1. But, but I like your list. But there it is. So I think you were better this year than last year. I think so. Yeah. I think I needed one year under my belt. Yeah. Yep. You like ev- the rookie quarterbacks. The rookie quarterbacks, right. You got you got to, you evaluated yourself. You got to evaluate some of these quarterbacks and coaches again and I like your list, man. The, pu- the pushback, the pushback was Dak and uh like you. Dak and McCarthy. McCarthy in right. the 20s. That was the one that jumped out to me more than any. That's the biggest pushback. No so, doubt. So but you guys will have the chance to vote cuz Morgan is going to figure this out. Uh, while we take a little hiatus here yep, right. on Twitter, we're going to do an NCAA tournament-style bracket. Okay. So here's the seating. We've basically set the seating here. You just saw them if you're watching on YouTube and Peacock. But you'll get the chance to vote. You know, 32 versus 1, 
two versus 31 and to see who who ends up winning in, okay. a, in a bracket style brawl for the Super Bowl. I'd like to see that. You know, that it doesn't always go chalk that way cuz sometimes it does there's not. matchups, you know, Correct. and you just go, "Oh, wait." You're right. You know, maybe against most of the league, I think these two would win, but not against these two versus yes. these two. And that's where it's different. So, all right, cool. I'm glad the homies are going to get involved in this. So they got some work to do. They got work to do. Yeah, fill out some brackets. Yep. Shit on Ahmed's yep. rankings, please. Yep. I would love that. All right? Even though I don't think they necessarily deserve that this terrible. year. They weren't terrible. Uh, I'm sure you will have my rankings as well. And please send in the questions, and let's continue to talk about this All stuff. the questions with you and Paul yeah. in two days. Right. And Paul will tear your rankings apart. <laughs> I'll tell him, too. I, yeah, I want to hear what Paul has yeah. to say about it, Yeah, too. we will. We will. Okay. We'll put Paul on the spot. Good. For sure. All right, everybody. That's it. We did it. Wow. What a freaking show. Ahmed Super Brawl, Sims Top 40 in the books. Just end the season. We've told you everything you need to know. All right. That's all you need to know. Point blank. All right. Thursday, be back in the fold with Paul. Ahmed, as usual, thanks for everything. Please subscribe, rate, re- re- rate, review. And yeah, Thursday will be Ask Me Anything. So you want to send in more questions about the quarterbacks and dissect a few different things? Would love to do that. Please. Do that, we'll do that one. Where's the right. cutoff for who could be potentially number one in and, the future? And it's funny, I think, with the poll we took with the top four quarterbacks, how no, normal it almost shook out exactly to my rankings. Burrow yeah. beat Herbert, I think, by 0.01%, Barely. right? Barely. Yes. So there it is right there. But that was my rankings. And... You know, it's it's funny. I don't even mean to extend this podcast because I'm sure everybody's like done. But like, I I I I I feel like for whatever reason, one game did more for Josh Allen's career than any of the great seasons he's had. And that it was a game, loss. It was a loss. But it's funny. I've told a few people behind the scenes like who my number one quarterback. Oh, they're like, without a doubt, he's the best quarterback in football right now. That game. And it's just that game goes to everybody's brain. And, again, that was a spectacular game. He didn't play like that all year. But he has a lot of that in every game. And I think people finally on that national stage against Mahomes, people who were just casual fans who might have only seen Buffalo once or twice during the year, finally got a chance to sit down and went, holy cow, this guy's unstoppable. And I think yeah. that did a lot for Allen in the public eye, for sure. Your prediction has gone from, what, you like Josh Allen? You're crazy to being like, yeah, of course of you course, like Josh it, Allen. It really He's is. Really exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allen's number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, right. like, you're out, yeah. talk, Chris. Oh, it's wow. obvious. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Way to go chalk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, way to go chalk. Exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Be good. Have a good nights. Uh, next few days. Ahmed, you the man. Take some breaks. Yes. And rest your voice. Thank you. All, All right. right. Peace out. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.